Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. Turn to your Bibles in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because we are going to have breakthrough. And if y'all don't want it, I'll take it, because I, I, I need it. Amen? Because I we done talked about it, I done heard folks talking about it, seemed like years now, but I'm like, God, okay, start to show me how this thing is going to happen. How do we prepare for this thing? Because I know when the people went into the promised land, there were certain instructions, there were certain things that had to, had to transpire. Even Moses himself didn't get to see the promise because he didn't follow instructions. God told him to speak to the rock to get the water out. Moses, in his anger with the people, hit the rock with his staff. And because of that one lack of instruction, now he done done everything that God has told him to do up until that point. And because he failed to be obedient with that one simple thing, he had to watch what had been promised to him. Don't allow that to happen to you. The thing that God has been promising you, you don't even get to put your hands on it because you won't be obedient to what God has said to do. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> and I'm going to start at um, verse, I'm going to start at verse 1. And it says, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration. We talked about that demonstration, being able to demonstrate, meaning set the demon straight. So he's saying my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men. Catch that. So that your faith won't rest on the wisdom of men. Your faith can't rest on my wisdom. I don't know all that much. I know a lot. My son thinks I, I know everything. He be telling me, think you know everything. <laughs> but don't rest on my wisdom. It says not on the wisdom of men, but on what? The power of God. Yet yeah, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Catch that. See, when you get mature, there's new things that are revealed to you. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the hearts of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Amen. I know that was a lot of scripture to take in, but it sets a foundation. It sets a foundation. And you know how we're doing here. We're going to break it all the way down. Amen? Amen? Because you can't just read it and say, oh, that sounds good. Because otherwise, you're just leaving the Bible as a book of nursery rhymes. It sounds good. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. But how many know ain't no power in just hearing what you think sounds good? Uh -huh. 
That's just soothing your emotion to make you feel good. But you got to get the wisdom. Like it says right here in verse 6, it says, Yeah, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Among those who are mature. How I many know we're trying to get mature in here? We're trying to grow up. We're trying to grow up. We're not trying to stay on milk all our life. Amen. A baby don't even stay on milk. There comes a point in time where you got to pull up to the big boy table. This ain't Thanksgiving. You sitting at the kids' table. It's time to come where the adults at and eat the meat. Amen. It says because of a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the ruler's age who are passing away. So God is saying, I got a wisdom to give you that you ain't got to worry about ending. This wisdom is not of man. This wisdom is not of this age. This wisdom is not of this time. This wisdom is not made up by man. So you ain't got to worry about it changing. You ain't got to worry about it going away. This wisdom is here for eternity. Amen. And it says, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to the glory. So he's predestined this wisdom. Meaning this wisdom that God is about to reveal he gave this before time even started. Before you was even thought about he said that this wisdom was here. He said this wisdom which none of the rulers of this age understood. For if they had understood it they wouldn't have crucified Christ. That should already give you a hint of the wisdom that he's talking about. He says, because if they had understood what they was doing when they crucified God, when they crucified Christ, if they had truly understood what they were doing, then they would have never done it. Even when Jesus knew with Judas, he sent Judas on his way. He picked Judas on purpose. He was called a son of perdition, meaning he was already headed the wrong way. So Jesus was like, if he headed the wrong way anyway, I might as well just use him. And that's why he told Judas, go and do what you are sent to do. Go ahead and do it. But if Judas even had known what he was doing, if the Pharisees had known what was really happening, they wouldn't have crucified Christ. Uh-huh. What was really happening? See, then we get to verse 9, and it says, and this is a famous verse, that everybody like to quote, it says that the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and the have which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. And we hear that like, you know, the eyes ain't seen, the ears ain't heard, your heart, don't nobody know what God has prepared for you. But how many know that's not true? See, we hear that, and we walk on that, and it says, and we, we say, yeah, God, don't, don't nobody know what God got for you. Well, how would God get it to you if he don't want you to know? That don't even make logical sense. But yet, that's how it's often either taught or either received, is that the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, the heart don't even know what God has prepared for those who love him. But verse 10, if you just keep reading, gives you right now. It says, for us, God revealed them. How? Through the Spirit. Oh, so what you're saying is, there is an eye that has seen. There is an ear that has heard. There is a heart that has received what God has planned for me. But how do you get it? How does it become revealed? Through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. But what is this thing? What is this thing that God has prepared for us? What is this thing that he's put away that he has not allowed some people to see? He has not allowed some people to hear. He has not allowed it to be in some people's heart. What is this thing that God has put away? Turn to 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians. I'm building a foundation. I know it's moving a little slow, but when you're building a when you're building a foundation, you're building a house. How many know you want to lay the foundation properly? You can't put up walls on a on on concrete that ain't been quickened yet, that ain't been hardened yet. Amen? Amen. We want this thing to be built up properly. So hold in your mind that there's something that God is trying to reveal that some eyes haven't seen. That some ears haven't heard and that some hearts have not received. There's something he's trying to reveal. There's a wisdom that he's trying to give, but everybody don't get it. And the only way to get that is what? Through the Spirit. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 starting at verse 19. And it says, For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him, but, but is yes in him. For as many are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us in God, who are sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. What am I really saying now? I'm going to read it for you in the Amplifier real quick. Because I, I need you to really see this. I really need you to see what God is really saying right here. It's something that's very important that, you, that hopefully you won't miss this. Because God is saying that there is something that he's given us through the Spirit. But it's only revealed by the Spirit. So we need to know what that something is. Amen? And it says right here. Verse 19. Give me a second here. It says, For the Son of God, Christ Jesus. Right there is already telling you something. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus. So Christ is what we know to be the Son of God. Amen? Amen. Come on now, help me, y'all. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who has been preached among us by myself, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no. The Son of God, which is Christ Jesus. But we also know Christ to be what? The Word of God. Amen? So we can say that the Word of God is not what? Yes and no. Meaning it don't waver back and forth. It's either going to be yes or it's either going to be no. There is no doubt in the word of God. It don't go back and forth. It ain't yes one day and no the next. Amen? Amen. Keep, catch that nugget. Keep that in you. It says, but in him, who is him? Christ. Who is Christ? The word. So, but in the word, it is what? Yes. yes. In the word, it is yes. It is yes. And then in verse 20, for as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes, meaning their answer in who? Him, Christ. So it's saying that for as many are the promises of God, they are all fulfilled. How? Through the word of God. Through the word of God. So what is God trying to get you to? He's trying to tell you that the thing that people are saying, that there's no ear, there's no eye, there's no heart that has failed, but it's only through the spirit. He's saying what, you, what I'm really trying to reveal to you is that the promises of God is in my word. Yes. My promises are in my word. And in my word, it's not yes one day and no the other. Like, man, I don't go back and forth. You ain't, I'm not a sometime and friend. I'm not a person who's going to like you one day and not like you the next day. I'm not somebody who's going to say yes to this same thing today but say no tomorrow. He says, in all the promises, it's been fulfilled through my word, through my son Christ who carried out everything. He says, the promises are what? Yes. It says the answer. And then Paul goes on to say, he says, for this reason, for this reason, what reason? The reason in knowing that all the promises of God is yes. For this reason, we also utter amen. And amplified means saying it, so be it. That's what amen means. So be it. To God through him. So that's why we say amen at the end of the prayer. Because we saying, so be it. But guess what? Some of us saying amen to prayers that ain't going to ever be. How can you guarantee that your prayer will be so be it? Because you're praying what? The word of God. 
See, when you pray the word of God, it says that the word of God, the promises are fulfilled as what? Yes. So when you pray those prayers to God, when you pray the word of God to him, it says it's already been fulfilled. It's already been fulfilled. So then... What now is open? The veil has been lifted. Now there is an ear that hears. Why? Because you heard the word of God through the spirit. Now there is an eye to see. Why? Because we walk by faith and not by our physical sight. Now there is a heart that feels or receives. Why? Because we felt it and received it by the spirit. Amen. Through the word. So then we can say amen. Amen. When you praying, you saying, Father God, my body ain't feeling right, but I know in your word, you said by your stripes, I am healed. You said in your word that there was no disease that will fall upon your people as upon the Egyptians. I know that in your word, you say according to your riches and glory, you shall apply all my needs and I can say, Amen. Amen. So be it. Because he has to fulfill it. He has to fulfill it because if you continue on, it says, for this reason, we also utter amen to God through him. Again, through him, meaning Christ. And in the Amplified, it says, in his person and by his agency. And I looked up that word agency and it says a business or service authorized to act for others. Authorized to act for others. So he's, Paul is saying that you can, you can get the promises of God. They are always yes. The promises are yes. The promises are yes. It ain't yes one day and no the other. And then once you stand on that promise, you can say, you know what? Amen. So be it. It's already done. I don't even have to worry about that no more. I ain't got to keep coming back to God with the same thing over and over and over again. Because I'm standing on his word and I don't have to just utter stuff in vain trying to sound good. I can just say it and then say, amen, it is so. And then I can just seal it up by saying what? In Jesus' name. See, that's why you say in Jesus' name. Some of y'all say it because your grandmama said it. But here's telling you why you really supposed to say it. Why you really say in Jesus' name. And why it really means something. Because God is saying, I have given him the authority to act on your behalf. Oh, See, the promises you can't get because of the way you live it. The promises you can't get because of the way you did. The promises you can't get because of the way you are. I will give somebody to operate on your behalf. And not only will they operate on your behalf, but they are authorized. That means they have the rights. That means they have the privilege. That means that they have the dominion. That means that they have the privilege to do whatever they please with the promise. But how many know that God is saying you are connected to that person? You are connected to that person. Because it goes on to say right there in verse 21, but it is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and has consecrated and anointed us in doing us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is also appropriated and I'm reading out of the Amplified and somebody like, where is he reading from? He has also appropriated and acknowledged us as his. So God is saying, I'm acknowledging you as mine. And then here it is, putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts. So he said, I put a seal on you. See, when they used to, back in the day, when when you really wanted a contract to stand, then they would take the, they would take the paper folded and they would take the, the candle wax and they would drop it on there and then the person would take their seal and they would stamp it. That's how you, we come up with the term, a seal of approval. Because God is saying, you have a seal of approval through my son Christ and the work that he did on the cross through the death, the burial, and the resurrection, you now have my what? Seal of approval. And here's the beauty part. It says, the spirit is in your heart. There goes that answer. Remember, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no heart has but here it is right here. Your heart can be open because he's saying the spirit is in your heart. He says in our hearts as the security deposit and guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. That's in verse 22. 
22 in the New American Standard says, who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. What is all that saying? Break it all the way down. God is saying, I've given you a promise and I have sealed it with the spirit. So therefore you can see and be revealed and be privy to knowledge that other people may not even know about. That other people might not even understand when they get it. When other people might not even see it when it comes by. But because of the spirit that is dwelling inside of you that you have access to, that spirit connects you with the spirit that is in my son who has the authority and the rights to operate on your behalf. And I'm putting a down payment by the Spirit. So you will know that I'm coming back to get what is mine that's inside of you. It says that the God will watch over his word to perfect it and perform it. So if he deposited his spirit in you, his spirit is the word. You can't separate the spirit from the word. The word spirit means pneuma, which is translated to breath. You can't, tra you can't separate your breath from your word. Don't believe me? Put your hand in front of your face and start talking. You can't separate your breath from your word. Every word that comes out your mouth is a breath. You can't separate the spirit from the word. So God said, when I put my spirit in you, I put my word in you. And if I put my word in you, then I got to watch over my word to perform it. And if I got to watch over my word to perform it, that means it can't return to me void. And if it can't return to me void, that means that all my promises are yes. That's how you connect the dots. That's how you can say, no, there are eyes that have seen. There are ears that have heard. There is a heart that has seen what God has prepared for me. And that's the beauty part. God has prepared it. It's already prepared. It didn't say he's in preparation. Go back to the first Corinthians. It didn't say he was preparing it. He didn't say he was getting it ready. He didn't say you was going to show up and it wasn't going to be there when you showed up. He said it's already prepared. You're the one who ain't, who ain't got here yet. The restaurants don't wait for you to get there to cook. They already prepping the food. They just got to put all the little stuff together to make the course finish. But the preparation is already done. Amen. Amen. See, what we got to realize is that our <coughs> eyes, our ears, and our mind has got to catch up with the spirit. See, there's a spirit in you that already knows that everything God has for you. There's a spirit in you that is already saying, where are you? I'm waiting on you to get here. I already ho I'm holding on to the promises. God done put the promises on layaway. They already on inside of you. He's just ready for you to come and finish paying the rest with your living sacrifice. So then you can take your promises off of layaway. Amen. So your body is still in the present, but your spirit is done stepped into the future. Your spirit can see further than your eyes can ever see. Your mind is so, the problem is, is your mind is confused because it's trying to figure out what's going on. That's why he says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me. He says, because in your mind, you won't understand these things. Some of this stuff is confusing right now as it's coming out, but all you got to do is connect the dots. God is saying, the promises I have given you, I've already deposited in you through the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. When you said you accepted me as your Lord and Savior, when you said that you were going to walk with me, I deposited something in you. Those were my promises. They're just like seeds, and they're ready to grow. It says that one plants in the other water, but God does what? He provides the increase. And God is saying, allow your spirit to, allow your body, allow your mind to catch up with what the spirit has already done, with what the spirit has already accomplished, with what God has already prepared. See, you got to understand, the thing that it is, is the promise. It's the promise. It's the promise. We got to stand on the promises of God. Amen. It's the promises of God because they are not yes and no. The promises of God are yes. What has God promised you that you have not stood completely on? See, in order for us to keep walking on this thing, to keep believing for this breakthrough, we got to believe in the promise. It's like he said last week. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Have you not fallen down on the promise? 
See, uh, your body is still here. Your body is saying, I don't understand this. Your body has emotions. They did this to me. They said this to me. They treated me this way on the job. My family don't do me right. This this person don't treat me right. My spouse, my husband, my boyfriend, my friends, everybody got this coming against me. I got more haters than, than congratulators. But how many know, no matter how many haters you got, as long as you got the promise, as long as you got the promise, you got all that you need. As long as you got the promise, you got all that you need. See, all Abraham had was a promise. All Abraham had was a promise from God saying that I will give you a seed and your seed shall number the, the, the sand and the stars. All he had was a promise. And he was so old, his wife was so old, but God says, I promise you this thing. And Abraham stood on the promise. Even when he had to go to the mountain to potentially kill the very promise that God gave him, Abraham was willing to do it. Why? Because he believed in the promise. He said, because God will provide a ram. He will provide a sacrifice. So even if I got to give up what he promised me, he's going to promise me something else. Amen. Moses had nothing but a promise. He said, go to my people and deliver them from bondage. All Moses walked on was a promise. Joseph had a promise. He had a little dream. And the dream, he, 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 the dream caused him to end up in the pit. And then the dream ended up to cause him in the prison. But how many know that even in the pit and even in the prison, he held on to the promise? See, you can't let that dream that God gave you, you can't let the pit cause your dream to suffer. You can't allow the prison, the bondage, to cause your dream to die. Because how many know that after the pit and after the prison came the palace? Thank you, Lord. But you don't get to the palace giving up the promise. Amen. Amen. For three years, Jesus went about telling everybody about the promise he had. He said, they're going to destroy me. They're going to kill me. But I promise, because I was given a promise, that I'm going to rise on three days. He walked with that promise. He spoke that promise. But and how many know he died with that promise? He died with his promise. He died with his promise. Catch that. Jesus died with the promise. But how many know that the promise was still fulfilled? Because what happened in the third day? It says in the Bible what? That he, ro he rose again. Amen. So even if your promise seemed like it's done died, even if your promise seemed like it's done went into a tomb, even if your promise seemed like it ain't going to ever come because it's been years ago when God gave it to you and ain't nothing happened. How many know that even if it's done did all that, it does not matter because that promise can still come to fruition. And sometimes God got to bury your promise because really he's just planting something in you. Mm. Things got to be planted in order for them to grow fruit. Amen. Yes, the seed don't grow sitting inside of your drawer. You got to plant that seed in the ground. Sometimes you're going to have to get a little dirty. Sometimes you're going to have to get a little wet. Sometimes you're going to have to get a little messy in order for that thing to come to pass. But as long as you're doing it, knowing that this, this is the promise of God, I don't care how dirty I got to get. I don't care how messy I got to look. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people feel about me because I'm walking with what? The promise of God. Amen. Because where you are is not your end. See, you can't allow your circumstance to determine your destiny. See, the pit was not the end for Joseph. Amen. Running from Saul was not the end of David. David spent years running away from Saul, but he still finally got to the promise of being a king. Egypt was not the end for the people of Israel. They was captivity for what? 400 years. But God had given them what? A promise. It might have took 400 years for that promise to come. I know some people say, Lord, don't let it take 400 years for the promise to come. But God says, no matter how long it takes, it's going to come when it's time. He says, I will never be late. I will always be on time. I might have you just going through what you're going through because I can't allow you to go in to the promise how you are. See, if you go into the promise with your mindset right now, you ain't even going to be able to hold on to the promise. If you go into the promise the way you operate now, the promise going to run away from you. The promise don't want to associate with somebody who don't understand the promise. Because if you don't understand a thing, abnormal use 
causes abuse. Then you begin to abuse the very thing that God gave you. But see, in the end, you got to know that you will go where God said you will go. You will have what God said you will have. You will do what God said you will do. You will become what God said you will become. You just got to hold on to the promise. You got to hold on to the promise. Don't be fooled by the circumstances. See, that's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to be fooled by the circumstances. He wants you to think that this is why how it's going to always be. But what does God say in the word? I am not a man that I should lie. What did we hear in the beginning? It said that his promises are yes. If God is not a man that he should lie, he promised it to you, then what does he got to do? He got to deliver. He got to deliver. And how do you know that those promises are of God? Because they will line up with the word of God. Now, if those promises you done made up out your head or because your mama knew said or your grandma knew said, that might not be the promises of God. Check to see. God, is this promise? Is it yours? And this is how you validate. And once you validate it, then all you got to do is say, you know what? It's on you, God. You the one who gonna look look like a chump. You the one who gonna look like a fool when it don't happen. You the one who gonna look like you don't know what you're talking about when it's when it don't happen. But how many know God know what he's talking about? Yeah. How many know that God ain't gonna be chump? Yeah. How many know that God ain't gonna be looking like no fool to nobody? Amen. Yeah, yeah. That's how he works. That's the God we serve. He says, I'm not a man that we should lie. But see, we can't allow. We can't allow circumstances to come in on our life and steal the promise. How many know that when God promises you a thing, when God declares a thing over your life, that's sometimes when the enemy attacks you the most. That's when the enemy comes after you with everything he got. Because that promise sometimes being declared into that spirit realm and all the spirits are listening now. And they coming after that thing. They're not. See, but here's the beauty part of it. They can't attack the promise because the promise belongs to God. They're not authorized to even touch it. They can't even put their hands on it. That's why what is for you is for you. Can't nobody take it away from you. You might get out of you might get out of alignment where it is. You might get distracted from where it is. You might get deceived from where it is. But can't nobody touch it. See, the devil can't steal your promise. The devil has lied to you if he said your promise has been stolen. He is lying to you, and I come today to let you know that the enemy cannot put his hand on what. What God has promised for your life. The only one that can take the promise away from you is you giving it up. But how many know the enemy going to fight you tooth and nail? Because just like he did Jesus. Jesus came down into the water of Jordan. And John the Baptist baptized him. And God opened up the heavens. And everybody that day who was around saw. And he peeked out and he said, this is my son. Of whom I am well pleased. This is my son. He declared a promise. I promise you, this one right here is my son. How many know that right after that, Jesus went through a wilderness experience? He went to the desert and was tempted by Satan 40 days and 40 nights. How many know that as soon as you get that promise sometime, the enemy will come and try to take everything from you. And he will attack the very thing that God has promised you. Because what did he do to Jesus in the, in the desert? He said, if you are the son of God, then turn these bread and stone. If you are the son of God, then do this. If you are the son of God, attacking the very promise that God gave Christ when he said, you are my son of whom I'm well pleased. The enemy will attack that very thing, but he can't attack it. He has to attack your mind. He has to attack what you see. He has to attack what you hear. Because then if he can get you to thinking about it, if he can get you to listening to it, if he can get you to looking at it, then he knows he can get you distracted. And if he can get you distracted, then he knows he can get you to walk away from the very thing that God has promised you. Amen? The enemy is very deceptive. See, everybody ain't going to see the promise the same way. When, when the 12 spies went to the promised land, they peeped over, they saw giants. But Caleb and Joshua, when they peeped over, they saw promise. Are you going to see the giants or are you going to see the promise? 
Yeah, it might be some people that are trying to block your promise. They some promise blockers. But you know what? God is a promise maker. He said, I can break through the blockers. I ain't worried about the blockers. As long as you know who I am, the blockers just there just to test your test your faith. The blockers just there to build you up. That's how you are more than conquerors. You can only be more than something because you're greater than something. Because something tried to resist you, but you fought through it anyway. That's what we got to realize. See, the same is true today. Before you can experience the true breakthrough in your life, the enemy may come after you with everything he got. Your family, your kids, your job, your finances. He love to come after your finances. See, if he, can, if he can distract us with the money, then he pretty much know that he got us. Because we'll spend more time thinking about the money than we speak thinking about anything. But yet and still, we won't believe the word where God says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. I will do that. I will supply all my all your needs. You see, now needs, not your wants. It's a difference. And he's not going to make it fall out the sky like manna. See, manna is for miracles. God said, and not saying he won't provide miracles, but how many know God wants us to live in a blessed state? Miracles is to sustain you through your wilderness. Blessings are forever. Blessings run plentiful. Blessings are in the land of milk and honey. Blessings are in the promise. Amen. The miracles get you through and to, but the blessings keep you there. Amen. Because it's the power that's enabling you to prosper. Amen. So we got to understand that we got to quit focusing on what we're going through and begin focusing on what we're going through. Amen. Quit focusing on what you're going through and start focusing on what you're going to. Amen. So you had people in the wilderness, the, the, the Israelites, they all up in the wilderness and they was focusing on everything they was going through. We don't went through the fire. We don't went through the flood. We don't went through this. Most of them brought us out here to die. See, they was focusing on what they was going through. Never focusing on what they was going to. Never focusing on the fact that through this process, God was delivering them to their promise. Everything they had been praying for, for 400 years, generation after generation, God was now taking them through the process to their promise. How many know that sometimes we break down in the process? God is saying, you in the middle of your process right now, but you complaining, you murmuring, you saying, I want to go back. Lord, why you got me out here? Did you bring me out here to die? I didn't know it was going to be like this. I thought you loved me. I thought you was with me. God says, if I wasn't with you, you wouldn't even be here. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't even try to bring you out. The only reason that you're going through, because I'm trying to get you to. You just got to hold on. You just got to hold on. Quit focusing on what you have and begin to look at what you're going to have. See, some of us look at, I ain't got enough. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. God is saying, quit focusing on what you don't have. Use what you got in your hand so that you can get to where you're going. Because for every vision, for every promise, God will get a provision. He will give you enough to get through till you get to your promise. Amen? Amen. See, you're on the edge. You're on the edge of breakthrough. You're on the edge of breakthrough. Imagine just standing over on the edge. Standing on the edge of your breakthrough. And right when you get ready to step off, you decide to step back. Because you don't want to take that last step because you don't know what might happen if you step off. You don't know if you're going to fall. You don't know if you're going to be able to walk when you get into that promise. You don't know if you're going to be able to hold on to that promise. You don't know if somebody's going to be chasing you from behind like the Egyptians were chasing the Israelites from behind on their way to the promise. You don't know what's going on. And you've gotten tired. You've gotten weary. You've gotten weak. You're saying, God, I done been holding on for so long. I'm tired of waiting on this breakthrough. I'm tired of waiting on this thing. I done held on. I done stood on your promise. I done stood on it. But God is saying today, keep standing. Because Paul said that all you've done, once you've done everything, once you did all that you can do, still stand. Keep standing. 
God said, if you stand just long enough, if you keep standing just long enough, he says, yeah, I know you're taking the hits. I know you're taking the blows. I know they well inside your head. I know your money funny. I know your honey ain't right. I know your job tripping. I know the people around you talking about you. He said, but if you just hold on, just hold on, just hold on, the promise that I have given you shall come to pass. But you got to hold on. See, so you can't be yes and no. See, the promise is yes. So we can't be yes, no. But he said to ask without doubting. You can't be wavering back and forth. Ask without doubting. See, we'll ask and we'll say, God, you'll supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. We'll say it, especially when we're around each other, because it sounds good. But how many know that the devil don't respond to what you say out your mouth? The devil responds to what you believe in your mind, what you will walk with. Because, see, you can say one thing but operate in a totally different way. Just because you say you believe that God will supply all your riches, all, all your needs according to his riches and glory, don't mean that you really believe it. Because if you really believed it, then you will be going and doing the things that you're supposed to do. You will be going and removing the stones so that he can supply your needs. You will be going and putting in your resume here and putting in your resume there and calling up old friends that might can give you a job. But see, that's how God supplies your needs. He don't rain it down. He ain't going to rain down a paycheck out the sky. Not saying that he can't. Don't get me wrong because who knows what God really wants to do. But practical. You got to put the super with the natural. You got to put the super with the natural so then God can supernaturally break through. Because then if you're making those phone calls, you're putting those resumes in, then what you can end up doing is giving you a job that you don't even deserve. Because you weren't qualified for it. But yet still, because he saw you put in that work, he saw you believing in the promises that he said that he was going to do for you, he saw that you believe through your actions Faith without works is what? Dead. But because he saw it, he said, you know what? I'm going to reveal where the breakthrough is. I'm going to show where the breakthrough is. Turn to Philippians real quick. Philippians chapter 1. Because how many know that God is already, like I said, already done? He's saying, I'm just going to reveal these things to you. All you got to do is just keep walking. I'm going to reveal these things to you. We turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. See, we got to just keep on walking through this thing because if we don't keep on walking, then we may not see the very thing that God has for us. Philippians chapter 1. And what does it say? I'm starting at verse, starting at verse six, it says, for I am confident. See, it starts right there. You gotta be confident. You gotta be confident in what God has said about you. And what has he said about you? It's in the word of God. Know who you are through the word of God. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. What is Paul saying right there? He's saying that he's confident in this, that what God has started in you, what God began in you, what God set forth in you, what God predestined in you, that he will see it to the end. He will see it to the end. How many know that God ain't like us? He ain't going to half do something. He's not just going to start it and then put it away. Start it and stop. Start it. We already said he's not yes and no. So he's not start and stop. He says, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to get it done. In the end, I'm going to I'm going to finish what I started. That's why it says that he's the author and the finisher 
of our faith. It didn't just say he was the author because that would have left some things up to chance. It would have meant that he was just writing some things, but he never came to closure. He never came to fruition. It never manifested. See, an author can start a book, but he don't necessarily have to finish it. An author can say, you know what? I got this idea, but I'm never going to put it down on paper. I got this story I want to tell, but I'm never going to write it. But God says, I am the author. I wrote this story, and not only did I write this story, but I finished it. I finished it. See, because you're so close, you got to refuse to give up. You got to refuse to give up. James 1 says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Persevere. Keep going. It says be weary but faint not. Keep on going. Don't give up on what God has promised you. Joshua says not one of the Lord's God, God good promises to the house of Israel failed. It says not one of his promises failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Every promise that he gave to the house of Israel was fulfilled. And my word says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he fulfilled all their promises, then what can he do with ours? He can fulfill ours. But then here's the key. It says, since we have these promises in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Purify ourselves. That means remove the stones. That means get the things out of the way that don't need to be there. That means if you need to change some things, change some things. Paul said another way. Examine yourself. Say, God. What is it that's keeping me back from the promise? Because I know it ain't you. What is it that's holding my promise? Because it really ain't even the devil. The devil can set the snares. He can set the traps. But that's all he can do. That's all he got the power to do. So God revealed to me what it is that's keeping me from the promises that you have in my life. First of all, I know that I have promises through you. I know that you have promised me some things, and I know that they should be here. So God, what is it that I need to do? What is it? Is it do I need patience? Do I just need to wait a little longer? Do I need to start treating people a little better? Do I need to talk a little different? Do I need to think a little different? Do I need to walk a little different? What is it, God, that I need to do so that I can have my promises fulfilled through you? Amen? Amen. That's what it means by purify ourselves. And lastly, turn right here to Galatians chapter 6. Closing out right here, Galatians chapter 6. Because the bottom line of this whole thing, if you don't get nothing out of all of what's just been said, stand on the promise. Stand on the promises of God. Because they are yes. Don't let nobody fool you in thinking that his answer to the promises According to his word, again, according to his word, that's the validation that his promises are not yes. Don't let the enemy tell you that he done took your promise. Because, you know, you got these songs that be like, I'm going to take what the devil stole from me. What, what can the devil take from you that you didn't give him? He can steal your mindset. He can steal your joy because you give it to him. See, everything that the devil took... We pretty much relinquished. We relinquished just like Adam did. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time. Due means that it's come due. Like when a bill come due. A lot of we don't like to see that. It's, it's due. And sometimes people are like, it's past due. So God is saying, for some of y'all, it's past due. He don't put a little sticker on your promise. Like it's done, it's past due. It's time for it to come. But I need for you to line everything up in your life so that I can make this payment because I already put the down payment down. I already put the deposit in you. So now I'm ready to have it come due. Cause it says in for due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. 
Let us not lose heart. Amen. Let us not lose heart. Little Darius, bring me that band from back there. Let us not lose heart. Amen. We can't lose heart because God is saying something. God is saying that if you just keep on standing on his word, if you just keep on doing what he said to do, if you just keep on keeping on like, like the old folks used to say, keep on keeping on. If you just keep on keeping on, God's saying that you will reap. You will reap. Meaning your payday is coming. Because he said, I put down the installment. We read that in the beginning. I put down the installment. I got everything, but now the payday is coming. Your promise is coming. Your promise is coming. Your payday is coming. So that's what I bought today. I bought, I bought some paydays as a touchstone. Everybody get one. A payday. Because I want you to look at the name. If you got peanut allergies, please don't eat it. Be wise. Everybody got to get one. You ain't got to eat it. Because really it's just something to look at. When you look at this thing, I want you to know that my payday is coming. My payday is coming. You ain't even got to eat it. Just put it on your dresser and look at it every morning when you get up and say, God, I thank you for my payday. God, I thank you for the day that my pay is coming. You said if I don't be weary, then I shall receive, I shall reap my promises. I'm looking forward to my payday. Everybody get one. Everybody, you ain't got to eat it. You ain't got to eat it. I just want you to know when you look at this thing, when you look at this thing, you saying, my payday is coming. It don't matter what my circumstances look like. It don't matter what I'm going through, even for the kids. It don't matter. It don't matter if I ain't doing good in this class right now. It don't matter how it's all working out right now. That some of these little girls don't like me. They talking about my hair and all this kind of stuff. I know one day my payday is coming. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But one day my payday is coming. My payday is coming. Amen. How many are receiving that? Don't just take the candy and not receive the payday. You got to understand. See, the payday going to be sweet. The payday going to have, have a sweetness to it. You're going to be able to enjoy this payday. God said, you know what? The pay that I'm giving you, you ain't got to worry about it being bad for you. You ain't got to worry about no allergic reaction like this possibly can have. God said, when my payday comes to you, then you're going to realize how sweet it is. He says, taste the sweetness of God. Know that it's your payday. Know that the pay is coming. Know that you ain't got to worry about it. What God has said, what God can do, he's going to do. What God said he was going to do for your life, he's going to do for your life. Amen? Amen. Know that it's your payday.